Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and today I've got Kyle straight with me for a chat. Kyle just signed with Vitus, which we are definitely going to talk about, but I've also got questions for him about Rampage, what it was like to compete there when he was just 14 years old, how to film video parts, injuries, of course, how free riding has changed, how bikes have changed, and probably a bunch of other stuff. But first, Kyle, thanks for coming on. Where are you and how are you? No problem. Yeah, I'm stoked. Uh, I'm in San Diego at my home. Uh, we're about 30 minutes east of downtown on the mountains. So if it's a little uh, jittery on the internet, then sorry. <laughs> are you are you on straight acres right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm at home. Yeah, just got done. Like Rachel just got back from a ride. I was out um, grading in the yard and building stuff and then doing a little motoring with my daughter. And then uh, Rachel got back and now we're doing this. Dude, I just want to say, I think it's every mountain biker's dream to have a plot of land to build the trails, the jumps, whatever it is that they want. Could you give us an idea of how that came to be? Like, I'm sure it was a lot of hard work and all that kind of stuff, but just give us an idea of what that was like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the main thing is that it was it was my dream as well, right? Like, I grew up on, like, a tiny normal suburban house like uh kind of by san Bernardino, so like inland from la right um at the base of the mountains um but like no backyard really and and i uh, grew up building jumps in like different fields and stuff and then getting plowed and and even into like my mid-20s you know building jumps and they get plowed so um it's always a dream to have a place like this to be able to build and ride and come up with whatever you want so um yeah i mean it's 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 amazing to have and then we're really lucky as well that the the main trail bikes in East County, San Diego, or or the trail bike trails are right down the street from us. So we ride from the house if you want to go trail bike, or you know if you want to ride jumps, you just open up the door. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it looks like you have some heavy equipment to build some giant jumps. Yeah, decent size. Yeah, we just picked one up. We've been renting them for a long time. I mean, it's been hard. We've been here seven, almost eight years, and uh, needed a machine the whole time. Like. It's been really hard. Yeah. So, but luckily, it's only wintertime we were able to build. So, you know, during the summer, I'm traveling, doing races. But uh, yeah, we just picked up a new machine and we're stoked. Yeah. What's the riding like in San Diego? The trail riding, and is that what you do mostly? Trail riding? Uh, during the wintertime, yeah, mostly trail riding and dirt jumping. Um, yeah, like for me, I I feel like I get more actual ride time during the wintertime uh, than actually during the summer. Summer is like, you know, you go to different races and then you have like practice schedules and then you're like home for a day or two and then, then you know obviously out here it's like 100 100 plus so you're like eh, i don't know if i really, really want to ride so you're, you're like uh eh, it's dry and dusty uh, it's probably the same um so yeah i get more ride time in the winter um and right now i'm just kind of like trying to ride a little bit here and there nice nice so you said you're riding again obviously i gotta ask you about your back i don't even want to talk about the crash itself i watched the video dude Eek. how are you doing now though it's good. Yeah, it was a heavy one for sure. Um, and everything that could have gone bad actually went really well. Um, so I'm, I think I'm almost four months, I'm three and a half months out of surgery right now. Um, and the surgery went well, everything went well. Um, it was real dark for probably Dude. about 10 days. But yeah. um, every day after that has been like progressively better. Um, I'm like full moving around doing like normal everyday stuff. And then starting to get a little bit back on the bike. Um, I can do kind of like an hour e-bike ride now. Um, but everything that's going on right now is just um, 
waiting for the muscles to get back uh, from surgery. So it's kind yeah. of just like they're waking up still and I'm just building muscle back uh, to be able to do what I normally do. Full recovery expected? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, they, they were talking maybe six months to a year, but uh, I'm hoping to kind of be ready by, I, I don't know, probably early summer. Um, yeah. So that, I think that'll be right at six months or something like that. But yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Okay. So I got to ask, obviously this would be a long way off, but up until this rampage, you did all of them, which is absolutely crazy to me. So at this point in your mind, are you already at the stage where you're thinking about the next rampage or are you also maybe like, nah, I'm good on that now? What's your mindset? Oh yeah. I'm most, yeah, I'm most definitely thinking about it. I mean, the other day I actually like couldn't fall asleep because I was thinking about if they kept the same venue and what, how that would go down. I was like, okay, how I'd change it, change this line. What would I do? You know, so on. So I'm already that far into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like going on bike rides and building jumps already. So I'm, I'm still. Yeah. Wild dude. Wild. I, I've spent lots of time down there. We used to drive down there and spend every winter at that area and we would build like lines and obviously nothing like you guys were doing, but so my point is like, I have an idea of the scale of what's going on down there. And it's just, it's just mind boggling. But for someone like yourself, you've done all these things going into that. Is there nerves or is it like more excitement? What, what's, what is that like? Going into rampage itself or thinking about it? What do you mean? Just going into it. Are you nervous or is it, are you so focused? Oh yeah, you of course. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm definitely nervous. I mean, people are like, oh, you must have giant nuts. And I'm like, no, I did. I'm just comfortable. I'm like more comfortable than, you know, someone else. And, and, uh, you know, of course I'm nervous. Uh, I feel like I'm more nervous on days like practice days, you know, yeah. testing those features than actual competition day. Competition day. It's like, yeah, there's helis flying around. I mean, you get a little nervous, but I would say honestly, no more, no more nervous than, uh, like a downhill race for me or a slalom race or anything like that. It's like race jitters. Okay. Yeah. How old are you now, Kyle? Uh, I'm going to be 36 in April. 36. So I remember watching you at Rampage, 14 years old. I don't mm -hmm. think they would let a 14 year old child compete today. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, it's, it's kind of like who really knows? I mean, if the rider showed up that was capable, I mean, and showed many years going into it. I mean, there's maybe a possibility. I mean, right. Um, but I think that just back in the day in 2001, I mean, like Todd was Todd's the, you know, the, the creator of Rampage. He, he was like, yeah. well, I, I, I don't want to. He's like, I don't, I don't think he's got it. My dad oh, really? was like, give him a chance. Oh, totally. Yeah. Even that first year. And, and, uh, my dad was like, Hey, you can do draws. So I was like, yeah, I did that one at, uh, that normal last year. That was <laughs> decent. Okay. You know, and that was like a six foot drop on the racetrack. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I did a drop. Um, and then the other thing that kind of saved me, that like didn't even make me nervous about the whole event is that there was a jump comp after it. And I was like, well, if I can't, if I don't feel comfortable, I can't do it. Then I'll just ride the jump comp. But I ended up feeling comfortable and, and figuring it out. Yeah. Did the older riders take you under their wing back then? Obviously it was a pretty different vibe in 2001 than it is now. How would you compare the two vibes? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Back then it was, um, it was kind of interesting. There was like some, some type of vibes that went on 
and it was kind of interesting because it was like you had two groups of mountain bikers, right? You had like the World Cup race dudes and like pro racer downhill guys, and then you had like your North Shore freeride guys um, because there wasn't like there wasn't slope style, there wasn't um, you know, it was just like, did you race or did you do ladder bridges in Canada? You know, so it was like kind of that mixture. And there was kind of vibes um, a bit of that in the beginning. Um, but I mean, after like that first year, it was like, everybody's like, oh yeah, we're just riding out here. We're trying to figure out our lines. Um, I would say it's changed a little bit. Um, obviously it got, it got really, really, really serious. You know, say like those 2015 years. Yeah. Um yeah, so like the 2015 year, 2016, um, that's when it got, I feel like the gnarliest when, you know, we had, I don't know, 40 athletes trying to trying to make a finals run. So I think that that was one of the hardest years. Um, and since then, it's been, they pulled back on having too many riders. And, um, you know, obviously we have more practice time, more build time, all of that. So those are all positive things that make, you know, the atmosphere a lot better um, to current day. Yeah. 2015 was that the year of that big step down i'm trying to remember no 15 would have been um i think the year paul crashed they had um that might have been the first year of canon gap or second i think it might have been yeah it might have been the second year of canon gap um so yeah it was just like way too many athletes trying to go into the finals yeah yeah so i wanted to ask you what you challenging about rampage whether it's a mental thing or a terrain thing or physical um so yeah like what you're saying is is totally true i mean a lot of those like if it's a flat takeoff sometimes it looks like a full-on lip um and you're like oh man and I, i'm not a huge fan of them but obviously they're way easier to trick um yeah but yeah it's it like yeah when you're further back and you're not trying to like you're basically imagining where that landing is but like if you're looking straight out over it, you're actually looking through the, the cliff to try and imagine where that landing is. Um, wow. So, like, I mean, to be honest, the backdrop could be anything. It could be skyscrapers. It could be trees. Uh, and it wouldn't it wouldn't change anything in my mindset because um, yeah. you're not looking out that straight out. I mean, yeah, if, if you look at it and you're not, like, in the bike mindset or riding it mindset, yeah, you're like, oh, it just looks like it goes out for miles and miles and miles. Um, which is totally true. And I've, I've had those feelings before, but when you actually get down to it and try and like visualize where that landing is, um, you don't even see anything back there. Those little rocks, you see those rocks. I mean, it's kind of wild when you're going, you know, 50, 60, 70 feet, um, you know, over a distance, that rock could be moved over, say like an inch over or a half an inch over. And by the time you translate to that distance, you, I mean, you could be four or five feet off. So, I mean, that's why we have those there. And sometimes on the really tight ones, like in blind ones, like it's those rocks are barely wider than like the tire itself. Yeah, yeah. And that makes me think of that, the top ridge line, like watching the POV camera from you guys. It's like, slow down. <laughs> Looks scary as shit. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it is like, it is like that, but at the same time, I mean, you're i mean at least for myself i'm so tunnel vision on focus on what i'm doing that i don't even like i know the cliffs the cliffs are on both sides but i don't even really look at it until like i see helmet cam footage like that like oh that looks insane you know because that my my vision is not like that you know obviously i can see out in the other directions but my vision is is so tunnel focused on exactly where i need to be 
So it's kind of yeah. like cool to see those shots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you ever watch it afterwards and you're like, what the shit? <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that. Um, no, not really. Um, you know, usually most most years I take like quite a big a break um, from like footage until it kind of comes out on the show or whatever. Um, I usually don't even watch the like the replay. Yeah. Um, just because I'm like, well, all right, I'm, I'm done with that one. On to the next one. Another thing, too, is like, you know, my season for riding or racing or whatever starts in, you know, early April, sometimes March, and then goes all the way through to October. Um, yeah. And I'm at Rampage for, I don't know, three weeks, almost a month. So by the time I get through Rampage, through Rampage um, and hopefully it's he- I'm healthy, uh, I'm like, I actually take a full month off of bikes. Like all of November I take off. And then I start kind of like getting back into riding. And for me, I've found that I've done that for 10 or 12 years or something like that. But for me, I found that it keeps me way more focused. And like, since we are able to ride all, all winter long, that it keeps me hungry to, uh, you know, train or ride for the next season. Yeah. Three weeks or a month. I didn't know you guys were there for that long. Do you have a favorite ramp? Um, uh, it gets kind of, it gets really specific when you ask like a favorite, but, um, I'll go over a few, like, um, obviously any of them that I've won, I'm pretty stoked yeah. on that, of course. Um, but, uh, honestly, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a given. Um, I think one of my favorite venues was actually 17. Is it 17, or 18? Um, it was 18. So 18 was probably my favorite venue. I feel like that one was really gnarly. And like the amount of, massive drops i had in that line um which just got me so amped it was like you know I, I, even in practice and that was the first year i've actually ever been able to do a complete run in practice i mean sometimes you're like piecing together things or you're like okay i did this drop i did all the drops together in my line but not in one consecutive order and and most of the time that's like in your first run um and that's why it's like hard to be ready um but that was the first year that I'd ever done that. And that was like the coolest feeling ever to ride from the top all the way down. When I told um, Ropalato, like Ropalato's dug with me for five events now, six or something like that. And so he's always with me and he's like my, my second set of eyes. Like, you know, he helps me hike my bike up there and stuff. And he'll, uh, I'm like, Hey, like this is the speed, right? He goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right, boss. And, you know, for someone like him to be with me, it's it's a huge help. And then obviously Zink's always there with me as well. Um, but to be able to do that and go, all right, Mitch, I'll, I'll meet you at the bottom. He's like, all right, let's do it. You know, so like that was like one of the coolest feelings besides obviously winning. Um, yeah. So like that, you know, it's cool. Over the years, what moves from other riders? Is there any move from another rider that's stood out? Like obviously in my mind, I think of Seminar tail whipping i think of zinc doing zinc things what stands out to you um you know it for the most part zinc things um yeah. you know there was a couple years from aggie that i was just like man that was insane um you know i mean for me it's it's kind of hard because you're kind of in the middle of it right because you like i mean i know what zinc's planning before anybody out there you know i'm like i know what he's even thinking so it's kind of like I have to lean towards that every time. I mean, um, you know, from the outside, it's it's hard to tell. I mean, so you're saying like Brandon on the tail up show. I was like, okay, well, of course, yeah, that makes sense. Like, put a single crown on tail up. But like, what's wild is that wasn't even the first time it was tried there. 
you know, it was tried in 2001. So it's kind of like one of those ones where you're like, okay, well, you know, like I have like a different perspective on what my favorites are. It's, it's just like the appreciation of bike control, right? Like you're just like, oh, okay, what would it take for me to be able to get that dialed every run, right? Let's move on and talk about filming video segments. You were filming video segments when New World Disorder, like we would wait in the bike shop for that movie to come out and then play it on repeat for an entire year until the next one came out. How long would it take you to film a video segment for that? But first question, did you have the soundtrack after it came out? Oh, no, dude, never. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I was, it'd be, it's wild. I'd be traveling in random countries, and then they'd be like, hey, man, hey, check this out. And they would put the Neural Disorder soundtrack in, and they'd be like, oh, you know this song? And I was like, yeah, I know this song. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, okay, so... It, it depends on the year um, for film-wise. For me, it was actually really hard to uh, have a good film segment um, because I was doing so many different things, you know, racing World Cups, um, doing other slope-style events, things like that. Uh, so it was for me, it was really hard. Um, a lot of times it was like two weeks. You know, they're like, hey, you know, Derek would call me up. He'd be like, hey, you're going to Nelson, BC for two weeks. And I was like, okay. And I would show up and there would just be like ladder bridges or wall rides or whatever it may be. One time it was like sor a Sorgi's dirt jump. So I was like, is this guy cool with us riding? And he's, he's like, oh, it's fun. You know, so like, it just depends. Um, I feel like the, the first time I was truly able to do like a correct, like legit film segment, I think was New World 7. Um, and I was in from like two or three to nine. Kind of my only one that I was like, truly proud of because i had full time to go and um but it was like you know i had some of my sponsors were full world cup sponsors only and so like where are you at where are you at how come you're not at the world cup or vice versa i mean like you know like sometimes some years oakley would have you know a huge budget for new world disorder and they'd be like how's your film segment going i'm like oh i'm top 25 in the world cups right now i, I don't have one they're like well you better and I just would actually fly, leave from the World Cup, miss the next one, and then try and go back, you know, the, after that. So um, filming was always really hard for me um, just to, like, get a, a true segment. Um, but, I mean, at least now, nowadays I have more time to do it, even even though, like, you know, I have a kid and wife and my own events and stuff like that. It's kind of almost easier nowadays. Yeah. I feel like the days of being the rider who can do all of that kind of stuff those are past now. I feel like people are a lot, a lot of people are more specialized than that, you know? Um, but I miss those days of like big VHS or DVD video parts versus now yeah. where we have these edits and I don't get me wrong. Like people are doing amazing shit, but man, you got to agree with me. Like back in the day where we used 100%. to pretty cool. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think part of it is, I mean, obviously the market's like so flooded um, with edits, right? And the and the hard part about edits is like, yeah, maybe you spend a month doing this edit, but it lives for like a week on the internet and then it disappears. Like even the sickest ones, right? And so I think that's what's hard, and and I feel like all that is coming back, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I I hope so. I hope so. It's people people are out there doing amazing stuff but it just i miss the anticipation i think and like you know the viewing party of a of a new world disorder video so um well dude and the premieres the premieres are sick right 
right? <laughs> even though Zeke would have Zeke and I would have to sit in the kid corral and uh, get kicked out right after. Like you know, I mean, we probably did that for like five years in the New World Order stuff. So, but go ahead. Uh, it's tradition. It was tradition. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, free riding has changed a lot with those videos too. Like back when you were doing video parts, you were doing massive jumps and big whips, and you were doing tricks too. But I mean, obviously, the tricks have changed. How mm-hmm. how is that for you? Seeing all these riders come up and doing these things that I don't know. To me, like as a I'm in my early 40s, you know, I appreciate how you ride, Kyle. And I appreciate how the other kids ride too, but there's just something about that, like, style over tricks. Do you know what I'm saying? Can you speak to that at all? Well, of course I do, because I definitely think that way. Um, You know, I was the type of person that could, yeah, that could do tricks. And a lot of times think would be the first try, you know, and, and it would be, Oh, I guess I can do that. You know, um, for me, it's, it's been wild, like, you know, certain tricks over the years. Right. And it's that whole, uh, generation of just progression. Right. So like every, every generation progresses more. I mean, for me, it was like, no one was even doing toe ups. It was like me and Kurt were trying to do, to learn and do toes on a mountain bike. And then every kid at the bike park can do a toe up, you know? So it's like, there's that progression and it comes through and, um, you know, I truly, I truly appreciate it as well. So it's kind of, um, it's cool to watch. And it's also like, you know, I've seen segments from Brandon, right? I've seen segments from him and I'm just like, dude, I knew it. Like when he did like a whip to a downside whip, I was like, dude, I knew it. And I've, I tried that so many times, you know, years before that. And I just was like, man, like I couldn't do it, but that that's sick, you know? And it's like, that's that's what the level is and which it's really cool um but yeah so um for me i mean if i'm riding by myself or if i'm you know having fun in the yard i don't do one single trick like straight up yeah. like there'll be that, months that where i don't do any that says a yeah. lot and it's for me it's it's um it's a mental thing so like all the tricks that i've learned um a long time ago even the ones that i can currently do now that i just learned within the past couple of years i can not do it for I don't know, months and months and months and then go, okay, I'm going to do one today. Um, for me, it's kind of a muscle memory thing. And, um, other, some other athletes obviously are more like repetition. Um, but I feel like I get bored quick on tricks. And so I feel like I have to get it out of the way, do it. And then be like, all right, we're good. Um, so it's just, I guess, different mentalities. Yeah. Well, speaking of mentalities, you mentioned being a racer. A, A lot of people will know this. Some people might not though, that you were fast as fuck back in the day. You're, oh, I mean, you're still fuck, but you thanks. you race full time, and that does take a very different mindset to how you're riding now. Um, so my question is: Does the old racer Kyle come out in any way, whether it's bike setup or you know how you ride, anything like that? For sure. I mean, with me still doing um, lots of slalom races and things like that, like it's still a full race mindset and um, it is totally different mindsets. I mean, there's times where I I actually set my my, like training program or my like travel schedule to match, you know, what mentality I should be in. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like crazy because I never was that type of athlete. It was like, you know, I have to have two runs on this tire and one on that one for a race run. You know, it wasn't like too wild. Um, but for me, and it was like, okay, 
you know, am I confident? Do I have enough time on the bike? Things like that. I mean, the, the one thing that could translate, um, but I feel like it's kind of reasonable is that, you know, when I get within like a month and a half of rampage, like the actual event date, um, I actually only ride my downer bike or my, my rampage bike. Um, whether that's like in, in my yard or it's like going to little dirt jumps, like I only ride that bike, um, or even oh, dude, I've even been street riding on it. Um, just cause I'm like, I only want to be on this. I want to be perfectly set up on it. And this is like home to me. Right. So like, I want to, I want me to feel really comfortable on it. So, yeah, you know, I, I ask some free riders what their tire pressure is. And sometimes I get confused looks. But you strike me as a person who knows exactly what their tire pressure is and their bike setup, Kyle. Yeah, I definitely do. And that, a lot of that has, like, kind of race background. Um, and then just kind of trial and error, right? Like, you know, for me on a certain bike, if a tire width is, you know, X width and depends on what I'm doing, whatever, I'll be like, okay, I'm running this pressure. Um, a lot of times I kind of fluctuate with the trail and how it is. But, yeah, I mean, I run pretty high pressure, too, actually. Yeah. Uh, you, you corner pretty hard, so I feel like you have to run high pressure. You probably just pull them off. Well, dude, if I was running, like I'm going to call our dog out right now. If I was running our dog pressure, I would never have a tire on the bike. What's our dog pressure? How too low? low, about 5 PSI. Too, <laughs> 5 PSI too low. I bet he's running like 26. Get that man a shock or a, a pressure gauge for his tires, dude. Uh, he should, man. He's going to love it. Yeah. Um, let's... Let's talk Red Bull for a few minutes. You were on Red Bull. Uh, what was that support like? What's it like being a Red Bull athlete? What does that involve? So I was, uh, I guess to give a time frame, right? Um, yeah. I was on Red Bull when they first came. So like they actually had to wait until I was 16 for us to like kind of start working together. So that would be time frame wise, right? Um, and then I went until, uh, 20s or so mid early 20s. So I think that was like 2009, eight, eight or nine, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I think it might've been eight. Um, so yeah, it was, it was from the really early beginnings. So everything came down from the top, meaning like from Austria, um, what we could and couldn't do, how the helmets were, so on. In the beginning, it was super rad. Um, there was a lot of extra support. There was a lot of, a lot of extra, um, I don't know, just like uh, vibes that you're like, oh, hey, that's a Rebel athlete. Until it got to the point towards like the end of my career where, you know, I'd line up in a four cross gate or something like that or World Cup and there'd be four Rebel athletes all from different countries. And I'm like, man, this doesn't seem as special as I thought. Um, yeah. So it's it changed a lot. And then once North America Red Bull kind of got on their own page with things, I mean, obviously, they probably still have a lot of conversations with Austria. Um, but I feel like once it became kind of their own deal, um, that it was different in the U.S., then I feel like they started growing. Um, I pull back a lot from um, free ride events and then like extra travel events. Um, let's say in like 2007, eight, I got really burned out. Um, and so like, I wasn't doing a whole bunch and they were like, Hey, like it's a tough year We're you know, we're letting go a hundred athletes just in North America. And, uh, sorry, you're one of them. And I was like, all right, sounds good. Um, I feel like rebel didn't, didn't really want, um, you know, like, individual athletes they wanted kind of more of like okay this is our cookie cutter athlete of like you know 
good, good, like perfect stand-up person. And I was like, no, I want a black rebel helmet. I want to do this. I want to, you know, and I'm like, I'm not, I wasn't exactly their perfect mold. Um, you know, maybe from when I was 16 or something like that. But as I started growing up, um, I didn't quite fit the mold that they were looking for. And so I, we just kind of bet, butted heads a lot. Um, and from then on, it just kind of like, I was like, all right, well, perfect. I finally get to have a different helmet every year. <laughs> and so that's where I've been. That's where I've been super stuck. I mean, I, I like changing it up a lot. I mean, you've seen with like a lot of my rampage friends or just my, yeah. my helmets in general. Like I, I love being able to express like, what I'm currently into or just like getting wild. Right. So um, I've been stuck on that and I feel like rebels grown a lot, Um, you know, with seems like from the outside, how they set their, their, their um, office up and the programs they have, it seems like it's like a much better um, setup for a lot of athletes. Um, And then also being able to be an individual themselves. Right. So um, I feel like they're looking more towards those type of athletes, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Do you mention custom painted helmets? I'm just gonna make a left turn here just to say your rampage bike. Good lord, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Thank you. Who who painted that? So it's my buddy Jake uh, from Cathedral Customs. Um, he's in Temecula. I kind of just heard through a couple friends, and he actually was like, "Hey, man, I would love to do it." And I was like, "Okay, well, I need two in one month." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> okay and i'm like i need to be the same because i always bring two two bikes to rampage yeah um just in case anything happens or whatever but like yeah so it's it's uh that that one and the last year's one dude the third thing i mean I, it kind of started off with ideas of um you know i would get like a next year's frame uh next year's colorway frame and i'd be like okay how can i like make this bike sick and like make it look well. So I would do like custom hubs, custom rims, and stands would be part of it. They're all Onyx and stands would just kind of make up some cool stuff. And then uh, two years ago, they're like, oh, we're not going to be able to get anything, you know, painted in time for Rampage. Do you do you know anyone? I was like, perfect. Can't wait. Um, so and then this this last Rampage bike, um, he actually came to me with the, the idea. I was throwing out a bunch of ideas and he's like, oh, okay, maybe. He's like, I got an idea. I was like, okay, let's let's hear it. And so he goes, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do like the neon moon. And I was like, what 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 do you mean? Like a sign? And he's like, no. He's like, grungy old dive bar. And I was like, I'm so in. How are you gonna do it? And he's like, all right. So I'm gonna do like old wood floors, neon lights. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm in. Let's let's do it. And he he mocked it up, and um, everybody was stuck on it. So I'm, I'm proud of that bike as well. Yeah. I saw it in Luca's video with the country music again. Yep. Like <laughs> it's yeah, it just, it, everything worked. Everything worked just perfect. Uh, I want to go back to one thing you mentioned, bringing yep. a spare bike over all the years at rampage. Have you ever had anything like a catastrophic failure of any component or even anything break over all your years at rampage? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's happened a few times. And that's why I bring two bikes. Um, but like, to be honest, over what, 15 rampages, I think it only happened twice. Um, so like, it's just, it's just hard, right? Cause you always have a favorite, you know, or you have, you're like your your custom black box shock on one of them, but then you got to switch a shock over and you're like, um, I try and have them dialed, um, because there's nothing worse than just kind of sitting there. I mean, one year I even had just like a handlebar break. 
And oh. I was like, what do I do? You know? And then it was just like, oh no, I got to go grab a bar and you already have to, and you're like, okay, my bar's in the right spot. Like they need to be moved and my levers are messed up. So, and there's not a whole lot of time in between runs. Um, I mean, say if it's practice, it's, it's not the biggest deal um, besides missing practice. Uh, but yeah, so I definitely plan that out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You want to keep the stress levels as low as possible. I imagine in that sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Kyle, is it, Maybe you can help me with this. Once and for all, is it Vitus or is it Vitus? I think that's also like, where do you speak English from? I believe it's Vitus. Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident it's Vitus. I haven't sat in the office yet, um, but I believe it's Vitus. Yeah. Right, uh, right now, somebody at Vitus is saying, damn it, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They're like, I knew we should have done that. <laughs> So, like I must be an idiot. I knew it. How how did that all come about? So yeah, I kind of just um, naturally just talking with friends and so on. Um, kind of talking with marketing manager managers through the uh, main co- main corporation through them through Cigna and yeah, I just kind of started chatting. And then when they actually hired uh, North American Marketing for Vitas, uh, I dude, I was like. Holy hell, are you kidding me? It's Brad. And I was like, so Brad, Brad, I've known for long, many, many years. I mean, taking Rampage to, um, you know, working, him working at Vital, um, all sorts of things. So it's, it just kind of worked out. And, and um, you know, we had things set in plan to like test bikes out and get bikes out. And so I actually had, um, you know, some bikes to try to, to look at before I, I crashed. And fortunately, I wasn't able to ride them, but it, luckily, the bikes are so good that I was like, okay, well, no, we're good to go. I'm, like, I'm not going to be able to ride them, but I feel confident. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm stoked on what we're coming up with and what's currently stock is, is actually really amazing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. You had the bikes before. I was going to ask you that question if you tried them. Is that always the case with brands? You try bikes before you sign? Um, not, not 100%. Um, there is occasions where that happens, right? Or you just, you're sitting on a friend's bike or whatever, right? So, yeah. um, for me, for me, it's like kind of like figuring out, okay, is what's the time frame of like figuring things out or when I have time to ride? I mean, just kind of depends. Um, it's not yeah. always the case. I mean, it just depends on what, when your contract ends on a specific one or when the next one starts or what time of season it is and so on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to let you go in a minute, but I got I got one more question for you. It's not bike related. All the time you spent out in the forest, digging jumps, riding bikes, all the traveling you've done, have you ever seen a UFO or anything unexplainable in the sky? I wish. Dude, I haven't <laughs> even seen it. Like, think about it. I'm always in the desert. Actually, the only weird thing I've ever seen, but yeah. I've seen it for many years, is so think about it when you're at Rampage on Flying Monkey Mesa you hear sounds and you're like, I, they tell us what those sounds are. They're like, Oh, well that's just like the, uh, you know, the rail system. And they have like, sounds like, a, like an explosion, but it's not. And you're like, Hmm, you know, like I feel like those are the weirdest things I've seen. I mean, out here, you just hope you don't see like a cougar or anything like that, yeah. but, or a rattlesnake. We see those yeah. way too much, but. For, yeah, nothing. Those, no, I wish I wish UFOs for sure, but yeah. For those that don't know, the Flying Monkey Monkey uh, Mesa or Flying Monkey Trail 
and the Rampage Zone are all right near a, now it's a private rocket testing facility. You could actually get a view of, I don't know, Kyle, if you've been up higher, there's a trail up higher and you could see down into the facility. Um, one year I was riding Flying Monkey and an unmarked black helicopter came up out of nowhere from behind where the, the rocket testing facility is and just sat there just like way off Mesa as we were coming down the trail, watch us the entire time. And when we got to the bottom, our buddy was waiting who drove us up, gave us a shuttle run. And he said that a black unmarked SUV was parked behind him the entire time. And then all of a sudden it just sped off. I think they take shit seriously up there. I know they do. I've heard stories <laughs> of people like coming up to the fence and they get um, surprised by, you know, men with, with the, automatic weapons and yeah so i mean they take it really serious and when you try and zoom in on google earth it just goes blurry yeah so you're like all right well they're, they're doing stuff up there um i mean you can you know what's cool is that you can actually look up uh for people listening like i think it's called smith mesa um out that virgin and you can look up there's a lot of cool history about it that you can actually find out because it's declassified um but the stuff that they currently do i mean we probably won't know for another 50 or 60 years. Yeah. But yeah. It is interesting. Exactly. For everybody, everybody Google uh, monkeys being ejected off of cliffs flying Mesa. All right, Kyle. All right, Kyle. We're going to let you go. Let us know what do you have next? Where are you going next? What are you up to? Uh, to be honest, next thing will be uh, Sea Otter build. Uh, Confirm the build Sea Otter Psalm for the next two years. Um, so I'll just be playing that. Actually, no, um, I'm going on vacation with my wife. So no baby. We're going to uh, Costa Rica. Well, the funny oh part about that is actually is, is, uh, she's like, where do you want to go for a vacation? I was like, Japan sounds awesome. I've never been. She goes, cool. We're going to Costa Rica. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so um, we're going on that in March. But other than that, I got sea otter build. And then hopefully I can race sea otter. We'll see. That's a big, big giant maybe. But um yeah then the season starts all right kyle thanks for your time we'll see you at sea otter good luck at the races